Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an uh, act. All right. Hey, what's up, This Brad? is uh, round two. Our first uh, recording got deleted. Bomber. Bomber. That's we tried this on Tuesday night. Yeah, so we are it's at announced. Casa de Brad. De, de Brad. De and we have a studio audience of my son. How you doing, son? So Yee-chee. we're going to just rake it into the news. First, Jay, uh, did you get any surfing in this week? Oh, bro, did I surf this week. I surfed every day but yesterday. Um and uh, today, yeah, it was a score. I mean, beginning of the week was a couple feet overhead and tapered off to a good two to three occasional four foot today. How's the surf going to be this week? I need Ooh, to know. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be all right. We're getting some rain on Sunday and Monday. We'll chop things up. I'm going to get barreled. Yeah, you are barreled. In oh, we diapers. forgot to. Re- yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, hey, Who are you? Up? Where'd you get it from? Hello. Coming back for the My third time because everyone likes me. Everyone, no, everyone loves right. Lexi. That's everyone loves heard, Lexi. Who <laughs> wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Look at that guy green on the surf report. Boom. Two to three all week. Three all week, man. Sun was out today. I actually got a little bit of wetsuit tan going. It was great. Uh, My son and I actually got out into the wind today. But uh, it was always good to get some cold water therapy. Dana Point? Where were we at? Uh, Yeah, we went to this week called Strands. Oh, yeah. A little Uh, spot, huh? I was inspired. There's a a friend of mine who's a doctor that uh, is in a neighboring ward. And... I saw him, and he's probably in his mid to late 70s, Yeah, but looks younger than me. Really? Maybe not. <laughs> okay. uh, probably not. Okay. But, uh, but he just looks really, he's like an eternal grom, and I'm like, what's, the, what's, your, what's your story? And he's like, cold water therapy, surfing every morning. I believe so, it, man. I believe it. It's good for the body and the soul. Okay. All right. All right, Logan. News. Let's get a news. You want church news? You want addiction news? What do you Brad, want to go first? Brad, you just hit me up with whatever. Well, tell me you what news for. articles you got. Oh yeah. Mm, let me see. None. None. Okay. <laughs> Lexi. What do you got? I don't have any church news. But you know what? You're gonna start bringing some because you're gonna get the that magazine called the. Oh yeah. I'm gonna oh get yeah. The that's true. Is it inside or inside? I did see inside. there was some news. Uh, two temples are shut down for like maintenance. Maintenance. Oh, I did see that. See, I got some that. news there, everyone. Okay. I got news. So yeah, what do you want to talk about first? Uh, well, what do you got here? You got well, this one pulled up. Let's see this one. Uh, I someone posted this. One thing every Mormon should understand before they go less active. Mm. So let me just read this. Don't it was it's a short. Active. Well, obviously, short one. <laughs> I this, so this girl. Um, <laughs> what? Oh, why is there an ad on this? The hot Latin beauties online. You guys, the oh. things that pop up on what online. Was it? Oh, I'm on uh, World Viral Issues. So someone posted this on uh, one of the LDS Facebook pages. I did pages. see that. I saw that, yeah. And so it caught my attention, and I've had it saved. So this I, I this person, uh, does it even say the person's name? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's still the hot, <laughs> hot Latin beauties on here. Sorry. This is a really big Good thing they can't see the screen. Yeah. I have lived in six states, attended 16 different wards and branches. I In the last six years, I love meeting new people. Because of this, I often go out with the missionaries and visit members. I have met many great members across the USA, and sadly, I know many who have are gone inactive or less active. And this is because they forget a simple truth. The truth is, 
The church is true despite its members. Oh. And I, and I like this beginning. Uh, in most Christian churches, you go to church because of the members. That's true, the pastor. The, the church is less of an institution and more of a social gathering. If you don't like the members or the pastor, you go to a new one. You go to a new one. Did you experience that? Oh, yeah. I Seriously, I dated this girl in high school. Watch talk to the mic. <coughs> <coughs> one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. No, yeah, I dated this girl in high school. So people complain about the audio. If we show the video, you'll see Jay's like taking his jacket off, looking at the window. I did drugs for years. I can't sit still. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, what? What? Go Anyways, ahead. I went to churches, several churches, a bunch of uh, Pentecostal, went to Born Again Christian, which were all great. They had good things. But um, the, my, my girlfriend's mom was just the same thing like you said. If she didn't like the pastor there, she didn't connect there, she just moved. And if I was going to date this girl, I had to go to church with them on Sunday. And so uh, I went to some all over the place. But yeah, I went to the rock band church. I went to like uh, the Pentecostal where they stand in, which is all good. And, you know, yeah, it was all great. Speaking in tongues. And but but main difference, we go to church. For the gospel. For They went because for, of the, yeah. I mean, I think there were people that went for the gospel. But it was, sure. it was, it was totally acceptable to leave and but, go to another. But we go... We go, we had some word splits in our stake. Like, we go people to our leave. congregation. Yeah, people are like, oh, I'm not a member anymore. I'm going to go to that one because I like the people and that word yeah. better. Yeah. Still go to people have enough faith to stay in their bounds, like mm-hmm. their boundaries. So, um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is not the case. The LDS Church or Mormon Church is a framework of doctrine, priesthood ordinances, and covenants. The Lord Jesus Christ himself declared the LDS Church is the only true and living church on the face of the whole earth. It is because of the foundations and and not the people, um, but the doctrines and principles. So the problem comes when we create the church with members of the church or the culture. Sure, many, peop- many people are part of the church, but that does not make them the church. If we mistakenly think that the true church will be full of true and perfect people, we will quickly be disappointed. We will be even more disappointed if we assume every church leader is perfect. I like it. That's a great that's a I like article. that. Just help put it in perspective. I'm going to post that on my page. Boom, I actually literally just posted that something on my Facebook page where I said the same thing about, I talked about, there was like a really good talk that I saw that came up on like the daily scripture thing. And I just posted that there are some people out there who think that like the people of the church are shallow and kind of into themselves. And I just kind of posted that that's actually not what our church is about, but it's about If people God, are doing that, Jesus they're certainly Christ. not living the gospel. That's true. Right? Like but there, there are people that are late for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but that's probably why we go to church is to learn to break those. And I've I heard a lot the, of like the culture, like a lot of people talk about the culture and how it sucks. And I just had the craziest deja vu. We've been here doing this. We've done this before. The same conversation? I, I swear like my mom, I know. Yeah, I we did Tuesday. Up. No, but not like, no, we were sitting in this exact <laughs> Actually, arrangement. But we've never sat here in this room. That's I true. know, but I'm, I'm having like a visual, mm-hmm. the minute you got, you started talking about. Don't what do you, drugs. No, that's, that's like, <laughs> no, it's saying that yeah, this I is preordained. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. I, that, wow, that's crazy. All right, next news article. Have <laughs> you, there's new news article, <laughs> snail <laughs> venom. Snail venom could knock out pain and opiate addiction. Oh, this yeah, be, baby. This should be a deja vu because we actually talked about it. We did talk about it. Yeah, okay. but no one, everyone else here for the like first time. Like you've never had deja vu. Know. It's amazing. I shouldn't so, think how do you think of that? You guys stop talking about that? Let's focus here. Okay, sorry. It's late on a Friday night. We just had a lot Friday. of sushi. A lot, a lot of, sushi. of sushi. We eat, we love sushi. I put it down. Okay, You're in go. Southern California. Go see Kudabaki. Hero. Hero Kudabaki. He's the best. He's the man. So, okay, so back to snail venom. Snail. So nature's evolved molecules are extremely sophisticated and can yeah, have unexpected are. applications. 
professor of biology at University of Utah. We were interested in using venoms to understand different pathways of the nervous system. So they found this, this uh, venom that uh, knocks out the A9, A10, nicotonic, acyl, I can't say these things, receptors, yeah. and the fine as a relatively small number of non-opiate-based pathways that could be the key to treating chronic pain with less risk of addiction to painkillers. Wow. That would be amazing. Um, I'm sure they're uh, no just venom. probably, I don't know how they administer it. Extracting that, yeah. Um, Boom, as car go. That's right. Maybe so some lotion? Maybe you, some kind of you like think, lotion? I don't know, but do you think that would be abuse? You, you, we, probably depends on if there's a euphoric. If there's euphoric eye or chemical uh, feeling that can be happening. And, and isn't that's what the word of wisdom kind of specifies, that if you're taking something for a euphoric feeling uh, for the purpose of that, that's breaking the word of wisdom? Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't specifically say it, but I agree with that. Yeah, like if you're taking something for a high, then yeah, you're you're breaking. Yeah, probably not going to end up good. Probably not. Yeah, you're probably going to abuse it. Um, so that would be neat. That's so crazy. let's follow that and see what goes on with a snail venom. Snail venom. All right, Brad last news article, baby. Last one. This one's kind oh, of a tearjerker. Yeah, this, this 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 is a a she's 18, Chelsea Cameron from the UK. She wrote a heart-rending open letter to her drug-addicted parents, thanking them. So I'm going to read it to you, okay. and I want to get your reaction. So there's a nice, cute picture of her. We'll post this up on the show notes. Very European. So I'm not going to read all 1,300 words. Your outfit is just very. Punk rock. And she starts it off with like mom, mom and dad. Mom and Thanks dad. for everything. I owe you. It's been a while since I spoke to any of you openly. In fact, I'm not entirely sure I ever have. Parents, both of you, thank you for teaching me that taking drugs ruins lives, breaks families apart, and gives no one quality of life worth living. In the letter, she goes on and tells her parents how she, how her parents missed her exams, her appointments as head girl, her school prize giving, and her once-in-a-lifetime trip to Uganda. She continues in the letter, thank you for teaching me to be ambitious. Your example showed me that no ambition for education, work, or any type of success is very harmful and leads to not a lot of self-worth. Your example showed me that life is all about choices, and I didn't need to make the same ones you did. Life is not sunshine and rainbows, and thank you for teaching me that life is unfair. People disappoint you, and there's sometimes nothing you can do about that. A lesson well learned from the both of you. You have both allowed me to be more patient and tolerant person than I could have imagined. She ends the letter and says, Dad, I see you often, but I hope you now have a greater insight in, into the type of person I am and the things you have taught me. Mom, I, I've not seen you in a while, and I hope you're well. I hope you also know me a bit better now and know that I'm trying to be a good person and that all is well. I hope that one day you'll wake up and realize there is so much more that the world has to offer you guys. And when that day comes, please find me so that we can enjoy life together. Until then, I'll dream of what my life would have been like with parents who enjoy it. Enjoy life. Heavy. Sad. Sad. Bummer. I love her attitude, though. Yeah, it's a, that's a way to turn a situation around. Optimism in its finest. Not too many people can be that way. Situation like that. So Pretty heavy. Do, do you kind of flash back on, like, what... Well, I think, I think yeah, I mean, I think you had, any, any addict that, uh, that has kids or, or has used while they had kids or in a family situation... Um, when you get trapped into your addiction, that's not something, of course, you want, right? You may have wanted it at one point in your life, but when you have kids, you definitely, I felt guilty every night going to bed, 
And I remember saying to myself, like, oh, I'm going to get sober tomorrow. Like, I'm not going to use tomorrow. Like, I'm going to cut back tomorrow. I was always going to cut back. I was going to, you know, taper down or this, that, and the other. But fortunately, you know, this, like, opiate addiction is very severe. It's not something you, it is simple once you make up your mind. But if you don't have any tools, if you don't have the 12 steps, if you don't have a meeting, if you don't have a support system, and you're just relying on another person who knows nothing about addiction, like your spouse, then you're probably going to have a very hard time until you get to a meeting. And, you know, luckily these bishops are, are pointing the right direction. Like for parents, they probably don't have the resources. You know, they don't know. Yeah. I mean, I had never been to AA. I thought it was only for alcohol. I didn't know they had drug ones specifically. You know, I'd been to rehab when I was a kid, but I didn't know specifically about the steps. And I didn't know the church had them. You know, as I've said before, I had no idea that the church had these meetings. Well, how many of our, when we go and ask the addict, we asked them when they were we were in Draper, Utah. Rusty, had, our son, had just been born, and I was probably within the last four months, and I was suffering hard. And remember when I kicked for like 12 days and got really sick, mm-hmm. and your mom had to come and stay with yeah. us. Lexi's mom had to come stay with us. And the, 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 the whole Elders Quorum and the bishop knew, and why wasn't I told about the meeting? I wasn't handed a book. I wasn't told, we weren't told about any of it. I don't well, think we were told about the meeting until like almost a year and a half later. Later. Well, well I... I do don't, and I was kicking drugs and opiates, and we're in Draper, Utah, where they have a meeting. Supposedly, Utah has ARP Monday, you know, morning and night and afternoon. Like, just anyways, but but well, that's we've got to get awareness out. That's why we're that's doing this. That's why we're doing this. Boom. So let's go on to some stats. Um, I don't think you've seen. Anyways, these cheers for her. So we're uh, we're really pushing out uh, in our social media, and we're starting to get a lot of you listeners to post it, and we really appreciate that. Really do. Our Keep our posting. audience is growing. So just in the last week, uh, you've already Respect. looked at this, but Jake probably hasn't. Oh, I haven't. Let's see here. Top country besides the United States. Uganda. No. Turkey. 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 What? Yeah. <laughs> You're awesome. Turkey. Turkish love out there. And then Turkey's and then love. the third one is Vietnam. The UK. And then Ireland, Ireland, Brazil, and Philippines. Ah, we, have, we got non-English speaking. <laughs> Philippines, bro. Philippines. That's your home. I hope you didn't swear. No, in. I did not. Okay. <laughs> so I love our, our out-of-country listeners. Cities, uh, top city this week. Oh, Philadelphia. No, normally, it's our hometown. Philadelphia. Oh, really? Normally, it's our hometown because oh. when you, for the first few weeks, like, we're just... San Clemente. Our friends. Irvine. No, Phoenix, Arizona. What? Yeah. Our, our hometown is not even in the top 15. Oh, where do you friends see that? Oh, right there. No, it's great. Oh, we're, we're 20th on the list what? of listeners. So that's great. We're branching yeah, out past. So, Phoenix. Great. They got Orange. A uh, couple, you know, Arizona. So, we're going... Yeah. I'm still surprised Salt Lake and in Utah County is not as big. So hey, peeps in Utah, let's get the word out. Where's my Utah? Um, so let's let's keep going out there. Respect. Um, we're getting a lot a lot of new listens. So respect. Thank you, thank you, thank and, you, and, thank you. And we're getting some direct messages that yeah, uh, yeah being able to help people. I mean, people I'm that gonna, are supporting. I'm gonna read keep, a couple. Yeah, send, why don't you do it? Keep Check sending the direct messages. Maybe not share their who they are. But of course just, not. Yeah, these are anonymous. <laughs> keep talking. I gotta pull it up here. Oh, you can pull it up. Yeah, no, we've had people reach out to the Instagram account and talk about some of their struggles and addiction. Instagram. Instagrams is our five year old said it when he was three. Instagrams, <laughs> but uh, we're just we're just grateful for you guys uh, supporting us. When Brad, as you most of you know, when he hit me up with this idea, I was like, who wants to listen to us? He actually said that. He's like, I don't know why Brad wants to. He keeps. 
pressure me to do this. Yeah, so no one's gonna, no one's gonna want to listen. This is to what me. he told you. Yeah. Right. I'm pressuring you. I'm sorry. No, this is before <laughs> we got started. I know. No, because I just didn't think anyone would listen. I'm, I'm trying to work on and my now ego. Now we have so listeners in Turkey. I, I thought for sure your like ego would launch onto that. I want to hear myself speak, but I didn't think <laughs> other people. Would. I'd rather see myself. But I mean, Dave's ego can get. So this gentleman, I don't know where he's from. I won't mention his name, but hey guys, I'm really enjoying the podcast. It's great. Uh, he comments about our quality sound level, but we're, we're, we've worked on that. I think it's much better. We're working on it. And then he says, <laughs> "We've." Uh, he said, "Some of the shares and comments just make me cry, man. Good stuff. I'll share this in our ERP." Oh, um, We've got. Uh, yeah, there's a couple. There's, there's a few when we first opened the account. So another guy said, uh, "Just want to say thanks." Um, what you're doing, your posts and the podcast are really inspiring. Uh, your podcast were a godsend. I'm sure it will help immensely over the coming weeks. Thank you. That's awesome. So, um, we, it really gives us boost of like staying oh, here the right thing. for 10 o'clock at night on a, on a Friday, Friday night, night where we could be, she could be having gelato. Gelato. Yeah. She's giving up. She gelato sacrificed Laguna beach gelato. That's and if you've never right. been to Laguna beach, California, they got some of the best gelato ever. Yes. All right, well, let's end this. We're going to go to your share, step four share, step and then four. we're going to do extend Ask the Addict, and I've got a lot of questions Listen, for you, Listen, you too. can't skip step four. It's the, it's the one that sets you free, my friend. All right, so let's go into your share. All right. Hi, Jay. Grateful to be here. Grateful that the room has filled up, and I'm grateful for those who are on their way to come. And um, <clears throat> Remember when I first heard step four? I shared this last week on Thursday night, but because um, they did step four and I just remember the first time I came in I was like there's no way I'm gonna just walk in here and like admit first of all that I even had a problem but then right off the bat just start off and, and start writing down like everything I've ever done wrong right I mean that just seems pretty intense when you're like still not sure if you really have a problem you're kind of battling in your mind you know you have enough of a problem like the other way you probably wouldn't show up in the first place because we all have our agency we don't none of us have to be here we may have terms given to us by our bishop or our wives or our spouses or husbands or all those things or our life or court or whatever it is, we still all have choices, right? Um, I sat in court last week and um, uh, for something that I, you know, for something that I did was stupid, but I, I sit there in court and I'm listening to all these people and like, you, you, there's people that don't show up. They call their name, right? And they don't, they're not there. And they're like facing serious jail time if they don't show up. So reality is none of us have to be here. Like we choose to be here. And whether that's a small choice to impress someone else or to maybe work on, you know, trying to to look good in the eyes of others. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter why you came here, is you're here. And so if you're like me and you came here for your first time or your second time or your tenth time, but you're still not sure if really you're hundred percent on game, don't be freaked out by this step because the first step we know is honesty. And you know, when you start with honesty, first you admit, like I just said, like you're here. Okay? There could be a million reasons why you think you're here. When I first came I thought I was here because you know, I was just going to try to, my wife had left me, so I was kind of forced to be here. So I like, if I didn't come here, she wasn't going to think I was willing to change. But reality is I had a massive opiate addiction as well as addiction to muscle relaxers, any type of pills I can get my hands on. You guys, I've heard me say this before, I was consuming over a thousand prescription pills a month. And so like whether I thought I had a problem or not, it didn't matter, I was here. And uh, then the next step, you know, you get on is hope and, and you, you start to, you know, you, you can hold on pain ends, right? Like that's the definition of hope in my opinion. And it was, uh, that's the acronym as well. And then you, uh, step three, you trust in God. Okay, I think I'm gonna, I may let God try to do this for me. And then you get to step four. This fourth step, literally, when I did this step, when I first thought it was impossible to do, 
after I did it and did my fifth step uh, with my sponsor, it was like coming out of water. Like I felt like I, I felt like my whole life maybe, I don't know if I noticed this throughout my whole life, but at least that point in my life when my life had really became unmanageable, I was living on my mom's couch, I had a lot of consequences from my actions prior kind of hit me all at once. You know, you hear about that. I guess you could call it rock bottom or not. I don't know how much I believe in rock bottom. I think you choose where you where you want to start, be your bottom, and then work up, if that makes sense, right? Because I could have gone worse. I could have been on the streets. I could have gone even worse. I could have gone in jail. I could have lost my life, whatever, right? I could have, a lot of things could have been worse, but I chose to have my rock bottom. When I finally did this step, after doing my, first, my other two, my other three steps, I felt like I came out of water and could breathe. And uh, I can't explain why writing, I can't physically explain to you and tell you why writing down my history or talking about my history with my sponsor of the way I dealt with stress and the way I dealt with my anxiety and the way I dealt with painful situations. And we rehashed that up. Like, I can't tell you why that set me free because I'd already done that before. You know, I joined the church. I had talked to other people about this. I had, I thought I had talked to other addicts or other people that were friends about my life. But when I actually did it in order, I, f I felt so free, and I actually, for the first time, saw this giant, uh, like, chrono chronological, is that the word, right? Chronological, like, of, of these patterns that I had. Every time my life got unmanageable, and, and ch or not unmanageable, got challenged, or it was challenging, or it wasn't comfortable, I ran to my, uh, some form of substance. Whether it was pornography, whether it was sex, whether it was gambling, whether it was drugs, whether it was alcohol, whether it was cigarettes, whether it was excessive working, whatever it was, there was always something that I felt like I needed because I wasn't good enough and I couldn't deal with life on life's terms. And at the time when I came to the meeting, yeah, it was just because I had this pill problem. Then I quickly realized when I did this step that, well, maybe I have like a, a life problem. Like maybe pills aren't my problem. Maybe I, maybe I have like this habit like of running and trying to hide and, 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 um, there's the part here that says, um, on the page 21 on the right and the bottom, it says, your thoughts and feelings and beliefs are actually the root of your addictive behaviors. Unless you examine all your tendencies towards fear, pride, resentment, anger, self-will, and self-pity, your abstinence will be shaky at best. I got sober, and I had a year sober, okay, just from coming to the meetings. Okay, like that worked for me for a year. But then around about a year, I realized that like I needed more or I was going to probably use again. I just felt it. I didn't say that, but I felt it. And I had anxiety every single day I woke up, and yet I would had no way to run, right? I had nothing to take because I wasn't going to do drugs. I knew that. I had made that commitment, and I believed in that. I don't know how that long that would have lasted. I just know that when the anxiety became so weighted, I felt like I was underwater. That's the only way I can really describe it. And you know what that's like. If you've been held underwater in the ocean, like... That's a not as pretty feeling to feel like you can't breathe, you know? It's a very scary feeling. But then it says, your addiction is a symptom of other causes and conditions. And when I finally did step four, I saw that. And um, it gave me that framework to, like, to, to discover these things that were, were haunting me. I thought it was drugs and alcohol. But see, I had stopped drugs and alcohol. I had stopped some of these things, and yet the anxiety was still there. I needed to find other tools. This is one of the processes, one of the steps in learning the tools that were going to change you the rest of your life. And it's where those of us who've done the program and done all 12 steps, we sit here and you hear us say week in and week out that, hey, you don't have to go back. That's a choice. Like, that's a choice. Like once you get recovery and you do these steps, if you, if you apply these steps throughout the rest of your life, you don't have to live in fear of relapse. 
I can honestly sit here and say I don't have that. Now, some people would say, well, that may, and maybe even me at times, my fear would say, well, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, anyone can just relapse. That's, you're absolutely right. You could relapse whenever you want. I can make a choice tomorrow to stop working my program and relapse. But if I honestly apply these steps, it's promised in here. These, these are real promises, right? Not only from those who wrote the 12 steps, but also from the church, from the prophets and apostles. And if we say we believe that they are who they say they are, if they're going to put their stamp of approval that this is, will guarantee that you'll be freed from your sin and your addictions, then, like, you know, why don't you try it out and see what happens? Um, I'd always read the scripture, uh, either 1227, where it talks about, you know, I, I give unto man weakness, you know, so that they may be humble. And if men humble themselves and come unto me, I'm paraphrasing, then I'll, I'll first show them their weaknesses. But then they, then they have that faith in me, right? This is, I think, the part of that scripture where he talks about, I'll first show unto them their weakness. Does that make sense? Because when you make this inventory of your life, like I did, and we talked about all this stuff, all these different ages of my life, all these different patterns I had done, when I went on my mission and it got challenging, things that you just don't talk about in the church, right? You feel like, oh, if I talk about that I didn't like my companions and I, you know, I, I really had a hard time with being on the, in the Philippines on my mission because people were starving, I had a resentment towards God. That was something I didn't bring up until I was in my inventory. That's personal. But, like, reality is, like, I didn't share that with anyone because I thought if I said that, then people, what are people going to think of me, right? And see, there's moments, that's a personal story for mine, but there's moments that you'll have with whoever sponsor you choose that will be life-changing for you if you do it, if you do it honestly. Uh, I drove home from doing my fourth and fifth step feeling like I came out of the ocean and I had been holding my breath for uh, my whole life. For 30, you know, 20, well, I was 27 years old at that time, and uh, that's a long time to hold your breath. And uh, it said... Uh, there's another part in here that says, we had to care more about our healing than about our ego and reputation. Step four is an act of stepping out of the shadows of shame. That, I found that to be 100% true. I lived most of my life in self-imposed isolation, even in recovery, my first year. I thought, well, if I really share everything that I've ever done, dude, no one's going to want to, like, be my friend. Like, you know, my sponsor's going to just, like, I don't know what I thought he was going to do. He's just going to bail, like, and say, all right, man, that was it. That was the last time I'll ever talk to you. Turns out, like, we're all alike, and, and our addiction may have different colors and different, you know, looks on the outside. We're all the same, and we're not terminally unique, and we don't have to be that way. We can come out and just be honest with someone else. We can talk about the real challenges that you face in throughout your life, and uh, you can discover not only your weaknesses but your strengths. That's what my sponsor did. He helped me discover who my, my real strengths were. And when you can visualize, like God said in Ethan 12, when you can see your sins for what they really are, what your challenges are, your weaknesses, then if you humble yourself and continue to have faith, which is do the rest of the steps, then weak things become strong. I had a phone call, and it's not like trying to brag because I'm scared to death, but I had another phone call. I spoke last year at uh, Laguna Beach High School, but it was just like little sections of the freshman and sophomore. It wasn't like all at once, and then I just got a call uh, for the principal this time, last time it was for someone in my ward that works there, and this time as a principal, he's like, hey, so I got your number, I remember you came last year, how would you like to do an assembly like for a Red Women Week, and you'll be like the keynote speaker, and you're going to speak to the whole school. I'm like, dude, the first thing I want to say was, hell no, like, what are you talking about, like, with a microphone? Like, I mean, like, I like to talk, don't get me wrong, and I have an ego, but like, I don't want, like, that's scary. I mean, these are kids, like, I remember how I was a kid. Like, I'd be making fun of me up there. Like, I'd be trying to, yeah, I got a question for you, and then I'd make a smart A remark that would make me look like an idiot. So that's all these things that kept going through my mind, and then all my weaknesses going through my mind, right? I started telling myself, well, I'm not good enough. Like, my story doesn't mean anything. Like, how can I relate to these kids? What do I have to say, right? 
But then I kept listening, I kept listening, and of course I said yes, because that's step 12, right? Like, when you, when you get asked to share your story, you share it. And, uh, and uh, I'm scared, but it said, uh, there's this part stood out to me, it says, the Lord help, will help you change your life's course and fulfill your divine potential. You will learn that you are like other humans with strengths and weaknesses. You can begin to face others on equal footing. I believe that with wholeheartedly. And it says right there, you are like other humans, all other humans. It doesn't say just men. It doesn't say just women. It doesn't say just addicts. It says you're like all other humans. You're a combination of strengths and weaknesses. And I can now face people on equal footing. And I believe that if I rest on these truths that I know are true, then I'll be able to go there, which is next Wednesday, and uh, put something together and just speak from the heart and speak with the spirit. And just like when I did this step, it'll change my life. And maybe I'll help someone else. And um, I'm grateful for you guys. And I, I hope that this came off like a pitch to do your steps because that's exactly what it is. And that's what I mean. Because if you do your steps, you get to have these experiences. And eventually, you can't just ride on other people's things. Like eventually, after my year mark, I couldn't. I had to do it for myself. And I'm glad I did. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One or two. Hey, camera's what? going. What? What's camera's up, camera? How, how you doing? <laughs> Don't mind our food. Yeah. We get um, hungry. So, so you know, camera. This is four times we're doing this. Four times. The software program crashed four times. So we're not quitters to say. So the we're least. piecing this thing together. No, we're starting this brand new. This is the yeah. first time. But we're attaching it to the other one. So yeah. If we seem a what little off topic, I don't remember. We're doing step four. Step okay. four today. That's right. But what I want to do, the Asiatic, was just uh, I want to go back in time with you guys and Let's learn see. a little bit about. It's not that far because we're so young. It's true, but um, <laughs> we lately in our meetings we've had a lot of people, a lot of spouses come. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's um, been good. Either the husband and or the wife, depending on which one. But I think when one of the unique things about our ARP program is. It's co-ed and non-addicts come, and I think that really opens up understanding about addiction and the atonement. Totally. Definitely. And so kind of want to dive in and ask Lexi a bunch of questions and then get Jay's perspective. Mm, okay. So we, if you're a frequent listener, if you haven't listened to our podcast, go back and listen to at least step one, our, our first podcast, to hear Jay's story, kind of his uh, background story to help put this in perspective. Um, so just push... Pause on this and go back and start re-listening to it, and this will still be It'll all make sense. It'll make more sense. If you do that. So let's pick this up. Jay and you are married. You're married in the temple. Yep. You had known Jay had had a past of recreational drug use. Mm -hmm. Well, in high school, he went to a short sit in rehab. But from this perspective, you thought, you know, he's just a rebellious experiment. um, A convert. A convert. And, 
you know, he wasn't Peter Priest at all his whole life. A colorful background. There we go. Colorful background. And, Very colorful. And then it comes to a point where, and then he mentions that he got some prescriptions when he's going to college. Yeah. At what point did you start to realize, and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but it was kind of like, oh crap, maybe this is getting out of control. Was there a time when you started to notice that? Um... Yeah, so I guess I had, like, a couple little inklings, like, maybe when we were engaged, but I honestly didn't know he was using them, and I think we've gone back after we've been married and talked about how he kind of dibbled and dabbled, but just never said anything. Okay. Because I could, I could kind of see some of the same, you know, the same... Um, so the Fits same, of anger? Yes, that's what it... I didn't know I, if I could, like... Is that what it was? It was crazy... Like, yeah, he like, just, like, crazy anger When you're coming off come obvious, out. you can become, like, really, really... I personally can... When you're coming down, not coming off like of a long use, but like say I use for a couple days because I got like five pills from someone. You're Cause really you, high. Because I only know you as like, I can know you as the kind of moody Jay, uh, Jay <laughs> when you don't have food in you or whatever. That's why he's hangry. 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 But not the crazy. But like, it was like, because I've never seen a crazy belligerent, Jay. Like belligerent. Yeah. Belligerent. And that was, that was new. Like you're like. Like yeah. punching holes through walls, throwing my yeah. phone across the. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Breaking stuff. And, okay. And then I threw my Blackberry across the. Yeah. So, Shout it out. I think my, I think phone. the biggest thing for me was when I found pills because uh, clearly he didn't tell me and he knew, he knew he had a history with pills. I knew he had a history. So I knew that that was a problem and that was before, right before Rusty was born. So yeah, but before that, there. you know what? I mean, there was, there was a couple times where we went out to dinner with friends and that was when he was like on his like muscle, muscle relaxer relaxing. kick, and he would just be like slurring words. I would, I just remember being so embarrassed. Like sometimes I'd just be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I don't even know what to say. Like, do I say something? Do I not say something? Like apologize for his behavior, yeah. or say something to him, mm-hmm. and and say something to him. But I think I was so scared that he was gonna get so mad. Not that he was gonna like abusive, like hit me or something. But I just didn't want him to get mad. Right. So I just didn't say anything. But inside. That's good. Oh, okay. Just panic. making sure. Whoa. A little panic on there. A little box popped up, so I wasn't sure if we stopped. We're still recording. Okay. So, so, so being a typical newlywed, like right, that's a newlywed thing where you're like the wife's usually or the husband. One of the persons is usually trying to like please the other one, and it's like trying to always make the bed, keep it clean, like so. It's always yeah. That was Lexi in the beginning. Yeah. Really. And I hate con- and I hate conflict. So yeah. I just didn't want to like stir the pot. Where I'm obviously like an extrovert when it comes to. Yeah. Pain. Okay. So then, um, it, it's. I would think it's also confusing too from your perspective, Lexi. Is these are doctor given? Like it's a prescription, yeah. and yeah, medication's supposed to affect you. When we all, how many videos do we see where someone comes off Novocaine or, or whatever they give you for wisdom teeth pulled, and yeah. you're totally loopy and you're laughing at them, yeah. right? So we know medication, even prescribed it. medication, is gonna make you have maybe slurring effects, but at that. I guess I'm zeroing in on where's that part where you're, you know, you had that that wife or mother's intuition like, there's something wrong here. Definitely when I found the pills for the first time. Okay. That was like so. my very first like. And you didn't know they were prescribed. This is not right. Yeah. I just well, got prescribed. They were prescribed. They were, day before. They were day. prescribed, but there was a lot of them. I think there was like 90 or something. Okay. First time meeting a doctor. And well, he didn't really have he didn't have that much pain. Like he had headaches. So I was thinking in my mind like. Why in the heck does he need this many? Like, mm-hmm. I just... It wasn't like a normal yeah. amount. Yeah. 
And I actually had felt impressed to throw them down the toilet before I even called Jay. Because I was like, I'm just going to get rid of these. Like, he doesn't need these. And then I called Jay, and of course he talked me out of it. Because he's an addict, and those are his pills. And he's a salesman. Yeah, and he's like the best salesman ever. So, I didn't throw them out, but that, I mean, potentially, like, what could have that done if I would have thrown them out? I don't know, but anyways. Jay, what was your reaction? Like, at that point, do you feel like you'd cross the line? Like, I had 90 pills, or did you, were you still justifying it pretty solidly in your own mind? Um, That's an interesting, like, pivotal point in my um, beginning of my use again, because I had mentioned before on that other, on the first podcast that, uh, the only time before this incident that we're talking about now, a year into our marriage in 2011, probably, right? Because Rusty was born in 12. No, he was born in 11. Oh, he was born in 11. So 2010 is what we're talking about here. Yeah. Before that was three years, no, uh, six years earlier on my, mi- or five years earlier on my mission when the, the Mormon doctor I had was over-prescribing he prescribed me the, the right amount during surgery and post and pre, but then he over-prescribed me after. And then when that got taken away, the inclination, even though I knew that was a good thing for it to stop because like I, I, wasn't, I, I had mentioned in another podcast that I lost the spirit, the back of my mind was like, oh man, like I, I lost the golden ticket. Like to have a LDS doctor, right? Someone you respect, a legitimate. Ultimate, ex- you had ultimate justification. Ultimate. That's the best way to put it. I had ultimate justification and reasoning to use, and so I'd always fantasized about having that again. Because see, the whole time from home from my mission till this point, where she's talking about, I just got them through friends, or maybe I like went to the urgent care because like I really did was like had a massive sinus infection, or I hadn't had a pain management doctor at all at this point. And when I went to this doctor, it was in Draper, Utah. I'm going to talk about this. He actually lost, I believe he lost his practice. The DEA shut him down because he ended up being a really shady doctor. <laughs> Who was an act, I think himself, you know? It's, it's not, he suffered just like I did. I don't hope. Yeah, they, anyways, but ramification of a doctor being an addict is huge, but um, because they're writing prescripts and anyways, but at that point, I went in there. I'd already had an MRI done. We were trying to figure out how to was pain in my neck. I was going to school. I was sitting in a hunched position that I haven't been to school in 10 years. I'm not used to sitting at a desk. I'd always done construction where I'm out and moving. Here I am, like, stressed, anxiety all the time, really having a perfection complex where I'm, like, trying to be the best at everything, which is, I guess, a good thing to a degree. And, a wife and a kid. A wife and a kid. And, like, I, I didn't grow up with my father. You know, like, I just... I didn't grow up going to no, you know. That's a lot of stress. A lot of stress. Period. Period. And then on someone who doesn't know how to handle stress, yeah, or had ever been in these life, no one prepared me for this. So you, you were like, this is my goal. So ticket well, again, no, no, but thing? so I did no. So I went to this doctor. I mean, this is a roundabout, but this is I think a lot of people is going to relate to them when they're listening. Is I went there to try and find out what was wrong. I thought maybe I really did have a pinched nerve or cracked vertebra, like something. I'd done MMA. I'd surfed. I'd done extreme sports. Fallen a bunch of times. I'd been slammed on my neck that summer prior to us getting married doing jujitsu. And I thought for sure something happened. I'm thinking, man, he's going to find this and we're just going to fix it. And if he gives me pills, then that's an added bonus. But I wasn't searching. I honestly, when I went to him, was not searching the pills. I wanted to find a a solution um, to the pain that I was feeling every day. But when I went there, it was a nice facility in Draper, Utah, right above, you know, below the big temple and all the big houses where we were living in a basement there. And this million dollar home, you know, would be a million dollar home here, right? Mm -hmm. One of the big homes. And, uh, I felt something in that waiting room and I could see that some of those people in that room were addicts. I could just tell. And I didn't even know what an addict was, but looking back, I'm like, they were junkies just waiting to go get filled. Mm -hmm. And I went in there and I told him all this stuff and he seemed really jittery. 
you know? And he's just like, well, I look at your MRI and I, I can't figure it out. I don't see any pain. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm thinking, I, and this is what's going to resonate with Was it a pain you. management doctor or just a regular general practice? No, he, no he's an um, what's an orthopedic surgeon. Oh, okay. So he actually could do surgery, right? So like he, like I've, I've, I was he going to, known. I was referred to him from the BYU doctor. Like okay. this is a really good specialist. specialist. And when he said there was like, he couldn't figure out, but he noticed it was inflamed when he touched it. I was like, well, I'm thinking, well, what am I going to live in this pain? Like no one wants to live in pain. Physical right. pain sucks when you have emotional pain too to deal with. And he goes, so what I'm going to do is like, honestly, there's not really much I could do. I'm going to give you some cortisone shots. going to help the inflammation. And he did them right there, which was okay. That was great. It was going to help. I had, had cortisone shots. Football players get them all the time. I'm like, this is great. Like it's going to relieve it immediately. Really. But then, then what he did next is what stimulated the addict, didn't he? And he goes, okay, so now we got that. It'll take care of this. After he shot me up with his nurse, you know, with the cortisone right there on the spot. And he goes, all right, so what do you want for the pain management? And he looked at me like that, just kind of like, it's up to you, And man. if I got asked, I'd be like, Tylenol? Tal- yeah, you could, asking, like, I mean, he pulled his pad out, like his writing pad. Now, addicts, will this will so resonate. This, that trigger here. It, it was like, like, and a penny looked me in the eyes. And I'll never, it's like slow motion. Like my, It's like I saw the next eight years of my life before me. Wow. Uh, looking back, and he goes, now, what do you want? And for a second there, it was like all my dreams had come true because, like, <laughs> When I had the headaches on my mission, they were debilitating, like to the point where I was like had ice packs on my head. My headaches were so bad, and uh, and I had a hard time dealing with the slowing down my pace. And here I am in the same situation. I don't want to slow my pace down. Yeah. I have a goal. I'm going to achieve it. I need to run. God tells me I need to run. I need Did to. Did you also tell yourself this time I'll do it differently? This, I'll be yeah, able to control I'm a different it person. this time. I've been there. And so what did I say to him? Even though I thought about the negative and the positive, the addict just went well. My doctor, I had once been prescribed, I think it was called Percocet. Boom. Cool. 90 Percocet. Like it was nothing. Mm. 90 Percocet on the first time without having surgery, post anything. 90 surgery. And that's, and that's a heavy drug for Very those heavy. Of us that, that's know. oxycodone. Yeah. So okay. it's got, you know, a little bit of Tylenol in it, but the majority of it is take that away. You have an oxycodone, which is what you can smoke and snort. And okay. this just has Tylenol. Then he goes, that's not it. Then he goes, now for your spasms in your neck, like, that's for your pain. Now, for your spasm in your neck, what do you want for that? I'm thinking, and I'm already kind of addicted to muscle relaxers. It's so point. weird to me because, like, how do you, unless exactly. you're an addict or you're. I, I didn't like, even know what the real term of an addict I thought an addict's a okay. junkie at this point in my life, like a street yeah, junkie. Yeah, okay, yeah. So to me, I don't know any addicts. Yeah. I know junkies. I heard of them. Right. I don't really know them yet. Picture the guy on the street. This is 10 years ago. Like, so a long time ago, right? most people now, like in the it, church especially, they picture that. Yeah. They picture a bubbling. Grungy, like... a, a guy on the street corner. Yeah. You don't picture a BYU student. Totally. And so, and so he, he, then he goes, okay, what do you want? He writes me a script, 90 value. Oh, you're probably going to need something. And he wrote me something else. I can't. It was another. I think it was like another Three anti-inflammatory. Three prescriptions like that. And I remember walking out of there like a double-edged sword. Like I had, like I had the ticket, and the addict of me was like, "Yes, I'm validated." And then the other part of me was like, "Whoa, you better control this because remember what happened on your mission." So I went home. I remember I went and filled it up that day. Being the addict, I'm just going to take one. I took one. And then I hid it in my Garmin drawer. In, our, in, in our fact, drawer. you hid it probably right there. Was that's addict uh, behavior. Yeah, be looking back now. Like you, so, anyways, yeah. that's where my perspective was. It wasn't like I was doing it maliciously. So at it, that time, that's what I was. There's a a specialist told me I needed it. Yeah. So if we if you could go back in time, and if you were to tell the doctor, hey, I had a problem with prescription pills, 
before. The first thing out of my mouth should have been, I'm an addict, but I didn't know that at the time. So I thought that was so an advice, isolated incident. Advice maybe if anyone has had those uh, extreme cravings or... And has to have a legitimate and thing. Then, yeah, what, what should they tell a doctor? I actually just dealt with this with one of my sponsees. Uh, he, he had to go to the doctors for a certain thing. He'd been sober now for a little over a year, uh, also opiates and, and alcohol and other things. And he, he did his program. He worked the program. He called me up. Right, he called me up before he went to the doctor's office. He knew he had to go to the urgent care. And what did he do? He got on the phone. He called me, his sponsor, right, just like I had done before, and 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 I've done. He calls and says, "I need to be accountable. I'm going here. I'm in a lot of pain. I think I may have an infection in this whatever cut or whatever." And he goes, "And I don't, but I don't want." To. I said, "Well, let's talk about it." It's like, "Do you think painkillers are really going to do anything?" "No, probably not." Okay. Guess what? You're gonna probably. Do you think it's a good thing idea? To, I ask him. This is what I'm. My suggestion is to people: you go in there. The first thing out of your mouth needs to be, "I'm a recovered opiate addict. I cannot have painkillers. Like, period. That has to be. Yeah. I can't have any controlled well, substance." They, I think doctors cover themselves because I don't know if you've been a doctor lately. It's like four pages of like. Chick, 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 chick. Yeah. I don't even pay attention to it anymore because no. there's so much no paperwork. You just like. Da, 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 and then da, da, you relax. Da, da. And if you're if and, you're seeking drugs, you're gonna lie no matter what. Right. But, but this, this is, is for, for like the real like yeah. So he left and he was fine. It's beautiful. And so that's advice for someone who's who's, who's working a program. Working this program, time I wasn't or, working a program. Or if you're listening to this and you have a spouse that you may be concerned, right? It'd be important to say, hey, make sure you tell the doctor that you need to get two people issue. involved. Or well, three people. If you're an addict and you need to go get a medical procedure done, where you're probably gonna need a painkiller. Let's go back in time. You didn't think you were an addict at that time. No, did not you? at all. No, of course not. And and I think that's so probably, that was an isolated incident from years from prior. Yeah. So, and I know other people that have talked to me about that. Look, well, I remember one time I had that surgery and I remember yeah. taking that pill. I remember feeling pretty good. Yeah, I've heard that. Right? Guess like, what, man? Like that I, was when me. I had hernia surgery. I so had, all those people. I had a handful of people like, what would they give you? See, and I was like. All those people could ended up being me. Like, yeah. this is what I'm saying. Like, you, you, you created through this disease. So with alcohol, it's a little different. But it's, they say this in the big book where they talk about if most people um, put down the drink. I heard this in Joe and Charlie tape. If most people stopped drinking in their young, younger years, they probably wouldn't have gone as far as they did in alcoholism. With pills, it's almost like you can be created in 30 days. Yeah. A 30-day script can almost turn anyone into it. If you have a euphoric high, some people like take an opiate and they're sick, right? Throw up. Blah. Yeah, I hated it. Probably not them. Probably not you. But to everyone else, which is most 90% of the people, you take that opiate, you can become an opiate addict in 30 days. Especially whatever's going on in your life or previous, yeah. if, if you had kicked something else as a youth or whatever. I mean, this, this is all Yeah, and if you're predisposed, you have the gene, if you have life, some magical. Now, if everything's going good and you don't have that stuff, then no, you're fine. But, but, but what that, I'm saying that is... That word addict is got a very big stigma in it, especially in the church. And, and the sure. visual... Is the street is not, corner. Is not you. It's a street corner. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not the kid going to LDS business school. No, it's Who's not. trying to get a scholarship. It's not the elders corner president. Nope. It's not the bishopric member. Working it's, in the temple, we're or, temple or, or whatever. It's not that, but yet in our meetings, I shared That's on our easier. in our in our work conference, right? Like, tonight, well, just think about tonight. Like, think of we, we, we. You guys aren't all here in our meetings, but tonight when we sit in, in this exact room and we look, look around, just like you, we look just like <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean, these are clean cut, and we got some rough ones, man. I was rough when I came in. After after fast forward seven years later. When I first walked in the meeting, I didn't have any God in my countenance. But the majority, majority, the majority, and in, in, in the LDS culture, can be looks just like anybody else. Yeah. All right. So that was a that was a That's defining point. You remember that, Lexi? From your perspective, it was your hiding. Uh, hindsight, what would you have done differently? Well, I think I might have reached out 
to somebody, like whether it was like my mom or just somebody that like could have maybe directed me or like a maybe even gone to the bishop. Yeah, so here's what I think because what I, I, what I love when you because I know it's a big a lot of work for you guys, but like you're the go-to people like around here. I'm sure you get calls all the time like, hey, my husband this, my wife this. Yeah. But no, who else are they going to reach out to? Like if yeah. you go to your mom, what's she going to say? Well, tell them to stop. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> we just. Be doing that. You shouldn't be doing that. Why are you letting yeah. him do that? We just had no one to talk to. So when it became, if you fast forward four months after this incident when we're talking about when she first found the pills, we had this argument and I convinced her to keep them. Four months later, massively addicted. And then when we decided to get clean within four months, I had a spirit still. Yeah. Okay, even though I was using, I was like, "All right, we got to stop this." And we we're in the basement still, and in that place, well, we had this four we went month to old the bishop, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That's what I'm getting at. So then oh. we go to the bishop. So, so now I'm into BYU. I got a scholarship. We're gonna go change our life. But I'm going, babe. If we're gonna go into BYU, I gotta kick these drugs. Like I can't be doing this. Great that you guys were honest though. Like you yeah. knew that. That's, so then we that's, go and talk about it, and this, that's that's people look at you now. You went through a lot of crap, but you were part of that. It wasn't like you were. Yeah. Totally secret, lying. No, the city not go on totally, for twenty no. years. Like, like you were probably a little dishonest, but you were also very. Yeah. You came clean. I also realized I still at that time had enough spirit to know what was right and wrong. See, that goes away eventually. I promise yeah. you. If you're using right now pornography or anything, eventually their conscience will not be your yeah. guide anymore. It's seared, as the scriptures say, conscience seared like a hot iron. Totally. And so when we got clean, and this is what we talked about in our ward, right? Uh, when we did our, our conference last week, is that. Unfortunately, when it first happened, when this four months back into using new marriage, all this stuff going off the BOU, the bishop was an awesome bishop. He had great things to talk about, and it was great, and he helped the missionaries come over and give me blessings while I was kicking, you know, going through detox. But unfortunately, this manual, the addiction recovery program, was not handed to me. Suggestion to go to meeting was not handed to me, which there's a meeting almost every hour in Utah with the church. Uh, there's no secular... And you think, well, you should have known that. Well, actually, I didn't. Like, I was actually as much of a drug pass as I had. I didn't even know anything about programs or anything like this. And so the minute I kicked, and this is what I'm getting at, I kicked. I got sober. We went to BYU. Within a month, of, not even a month, probably a week, I was so depressed because of coming off of the – that's a natural side effect when you're yeah. not creating dopamine. I believe, like, two weeks after we got to BYU, Hawaii, you went to the doctor for, yeah. like, to get back on Adderall. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had talked about it. I'm like, babe, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I had all this ADD. Like, I couldn't focus. I'm suffering from a natural And then that went to pills. your shoulder, and then that became – that got you back into more pills. Yeah. For some reason, the side effect of Adderall, which you talked about. Uh, it tightens up. Yeah, it tightens yeah. your shoulders mm-hmm. up. You have muscle spasms. Very common. And so with, dude, when you're, no, you know, anyways, it was like, it was, there was the cycle. And then that became an every four month cycle. We used for four months, convince her to just stop bugging me. Let me do it. I'll take care of it. Well, no, I wouldn't take care of it. School got to impossible. So then we went off to sell summer sales. That got impossible. Let me take care. And I had tried all these times. So it sounds like I, uh, that cycle of, of life got hectic. You went to your solution. But I didn't have it. That, that was my you, solution. You went to your drug yeah. solution. That was all my solution. That was and it. then that stopped working. Yeah. And then, okay, let's. Because yeah, eventually the drugs yeah. stopped doing things. Like, I would have never have tried to get sober every four months if they would have worked. You know what I what I think for you particularly is the you, you shared your conversion story uh, early on. Not, mm-hmm. I don't think in the podcast. We'll have to get into that later. But yeah. you had a very, very powerful conversion story. And and very powerful spiritual witnesses to you early on, that that I that I'm sure is your anchor oh, that kept it on. Like I if you so many if you had times. a super, yeah. even like grew up in the church, we had this gradual testimony built. Like you just take it for granted. Yeah. Um, 
it's it would have been easier to check out but you it was so real so recent and real yeah that 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 was a great blessing for you i'm sure for sure well and i honestly believe like any other addict they'll all say the same thing when you get saved it's like you like there's there's even at the time i didn't want help from no one i mean i did at times but like for the most part there were there's there had to like the lord and like there were so many I don't want to call it like beings, but like angels that were like, that were say they were helping me. I feel like the I mean, average like, person probably definitely would have left the church. Yeah. Like, I mean, when I got this, I mean, there's just so many ups and downs, but like, like you said, uh, when, when you have a true conversion, if you see that, like you can't deny, I knew I couldn't deny that. I just wanted to. Yeah. Because, yeah, because fair. I was like, because my solution was not God's way. And so like that inner pool where you're like, I know, uh, and I just couldn't do it. Like, and I remember having a battle over, like, I felt like there was a, at one point through the drug addiction and through a lot of things, I literally, there were nights where I felt like the adversary was like in my mind, like telling me everything you learned was like not real. Like all those experiences you had, because when you become using drugs so much, you start to lose reality of what's, I mean, she could tell you, I look like I was a, it's a crazy person. Like it was crazy. Like I'm already crazy, but like I was crazy. Like it was like talking to someone who was just psychotic. Scriptures validate that. Like, that's a very real thing. Yeah, yeah. It was like Uh, a battle over my soul. I thought that was already done, though. You just Uh, lose touch. Yeah, you just touch with reality in so many ways. You have no idea. You can't keep your emotions in check. And then forgetful. Like, I'd wake up and she'd be crying. Like, the next day she wouldn't want to talk to me. I'm like, why do you not want to talk to me? You didn't remember why. No, I had no idea. Or she'd, like, all of a sudden get, like, very unemotional. So if you're listening and you're spouse... If you've been through this cycle, guess what? You're not the only one going through it. So don't don't sit there. If you're the spouse or you're the addict and cry yourself to sleep and say, poor me. Because reality is there's a lot of us that have been out there. And it is sad. And it is a poor you. But there is help for it, right? That's why we're doing this. Is that. Yeah. Don't be codependent. Yeah. Don't think. That didn't that, ever that help you. That never problem. helped you. Well, did that ever help? When you were. No, yeah. of course not. When and, you didn't and, flush it, did that help? No. no. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And Jay, almost every time you share, when you hear his shares on these podcasts, Almost everyone he credits when you said, "Jay, I hate you. Oh, I'm out of here." Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's he and he credits like when you got a backbone and said, "I'm going to get my stuff together." Yeah. Um that's what his wake up call is. When you loved him enough. Cuz I don't that. think that like the addict is not the only one that loses their mind in this whole of thing. Of course. Like yeah. when you're a fr- like if you're a friend or a family member, someone that is very or close spouse, to the act- addict or a spouse, I think what happens is they're so good at manipulation that you're constantly second guessing yourself. You're like, wait, are they mad at me? Did then you're like, did I do something wrong? And then you're like constantly second guessing yourself, and then it just gets so chaotic to the point where like you don't. I feel like I lost touch with the spirit. You were sick. I was sick. I was like, was I had that, no idea who was that I your was. Goal? Did you do that? Because I've known a few people that were my. When you get further into your addiction, you were like, "I'm going to spin her out." Of course, but in the in the beginning, like none of this was malicious. Like that's the thing. It's like, and I think if it was, we'd have a whole other story. Like we'd have a whole other story to tell. And because we've interviewed those people where they like they lit they lied to their spouse the whole time. Yeah. Like we we literally didn't know what we were doing. Like, and there were times where I thought God's never going to take. I one time in Hawaii, right before we went off to do summer sales, and I had just lost it i mean i'm like deep in depression at this point but i don't have that doctor i'm trying to get one and i have one but he's he cut me off he told me no and so i'm going and i'm in hawaii little resource you can't buy them on the streets really it's very challenging i tried 
tried to buy weed. I tried to switch to another addiction. That didn't work. I needed my opiates or I was going to be depressed. It's a natural thing to happen. But I remember telling her, I was like, listen, Lex, we were crying. We are fighting. It was raining. Remember when we walked out? Yeah. But I remember telling her, and I really believe this, though. There's a sad part. Is Satan had got so good in my mind that I was like, God gave – If we hear all the time, God gives you – he gave me this, and guess what? He also gave modern medicine, and obviously, there's no miracle for me. I'm going to have pain the rest of my life, physical, and at this point now, emotional craziness. Mm-hmm. So, why, the, the, like we heard tonight, this is going to be my life. So, like, you just need to deal with it. If I'm all, if I have a supply, I can maintain. And I really believe that could. Because you said it was a quantity problem. It was a quantity. It was just if yeah. I can get my dosage amount to a safe, healthy level, regulated by a legit doctor, then I would be fine the rest of my life. And that's every addict's mentality and, dream. And, and your dream of like, I could just take this forever. And- yeah, because at that point, I honestly didn't think I was going to be able to live without it. Like, you know, and not like, oh, I wanted to. But, but it was like, ba- I didn't know how to. The basic science class teaches you that you get, you get to a certain level. Well, you get to a certain level where that Diminishing doesn't work returns. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But th- and that's why in, in any yeah. long-term medication, they have to change it up frequently. Because frequently. your body Cause you, just gets yeah. used to it and says, all right, that doesn't work anymore. With food, with basic, basic yeah. health stuff and with other things. and But... I literally thought I had gotten to that. That's where later when I did the steps and I did like I, I looked through the inventory. That was where my resentment towards God was huge. I was like, you're not even there. So I stopped trying. I went to church. I did the outside stuff because I like I still believe. Right. I had this inner, like you said, testimony. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? If you're not going to answer and you're going to take this away from me, then guess what, man? Look the other way because I'm going to get them no matter what. If I got to if I got to steal them. If I got to you know, put on a face and go in your bathroom and steal them from you, if I got to buy them from my buddies who from high school that would send them via FedEx over you know the border and pretend like it was a t-shirt company and you'd hide them in the tags of the shirt or the VHS tapes and we hollowed out all sorts of stuff. I mean, any ideas. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're listening and you're an addict, you've already done these things. So it's like no matter what, I was going to get them because I was like, this is going to be my life. Interesting how you switch from this is legit doctor to – To like crazy. To breaking the law. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah. When I, we went out to summer sales – uh, I went to another level. How much time was that between? Another four months. It was four it months. It was only cycles. four months. Wow. It was that's, semester. That went quick. Three, three months. Four okay. Months. So Lex, uh, let's fast forward to how ARP changed your perspective on this because addiction, you know, Jake kind of had some history with addiction. Yeah. But you still didn't think, consider yourself an addict, even when you should talk about coming to an ARP meeting. But as a spouse, especially, I think. What what was your perspective change by coming to ARP meeting? Was there an epiphany? Epiphany? Yeah, for sure. Well, the first time when we were still separated, one of the first times we actually had like a normal, real conversation was like right after one of his meetings. He went to a meeting. Yeah, and I actually did. You I, know what these were? No, I didn't okay. even know. I didn't even know that he had started How did going you to ARP. It as? Um, he was just like, oh, it's kind of like an A meeting where we all sit around and we all talk about like the addiction and there's 12 steps. And I was like, oh, that's That's cool. all I knew about it too. Like, yeah, what, you sit in a circle. And yeah. It's like talk- the movies. You're, totally. you're like, oh, oh yeah. you like say it. That's so cute. You know, yeah, like and, the movies. Right. So I was and I like, get it. Like, how does that help? Yeah. So yeah. he just had like a different, I don't know, just like a different tone in his voice. And, um, so after that, I, I noticed that was actually one of my first times where I thought, well, maybe there's a chance. Because there was so many times in my mind where I was like, maybe there's a chance before. But once I decided to, like, leave him, I was, like, done. I was like, we are getting a divorce. This is it. Like, I'm done. And so after that conversation, I felt like that was kind of a big thing. And then also, finally, when we did finally get back together, and it was, like, one of my first times coming to the meeting, 
I don't know. For me, it just really clicked when I was hearing all these other addicts talking about their lives and how hard it was and how they didn't want to be this way and how they felt like they couldn't control it. Like, I felt like for the first time, I realized that this issue was so much bigger than us. It was so much bigger than me. It was so much bigger than himself. it wasn't just a matter of saying stop. Yeah, it it was like... Before that, it was, you love me, stop. Yeah, I was was like, well, if you love me and Rusty or... Even if we don't, even if we don't stay together, like do it for your son, you know, even if it wasn't yeah. about me, I was just thought like, why don't you do this it's for your child? Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like the first time I went to one of these meetings, it just like really hit home for me. And I remember being super emotional because I just felt so much compassion. Did you go with Jay or did you yeah. Okay. I went with Jay and I felt like I just did you felt. you share that first time? Just um, listen. Mm. I think I might've shared. I'm pretty like, I feel like. If I have that like burning feeling to like yeah. bear my testimony, I'm sure I did, because I did remember feeling the spirit. I remember feeling yeah. the spirit extremely strong, and I just remember having so much compassion for every addict that was there. And there at that point, that meeting, there was like a lot of newcomers. Not very many people had much sobriety time, and so it was just was kind this of like a meeting. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that that's why I love about so if you even if you're let me ask if you go back. Even if you if you went to an ARP meeting when Jay wasn't ready to go, would it have helped? Um, I was pretty. I'm not gonna lie. I was pretty hard hearted. Okay. But I do. But I think going would have probably solved yes, it. Yes, it bit. definitely would have. And hard, I know other wives that have come who feel that same way, especially with the porn, because I feel like as women, when that is something your husband struggles with, you take it so personally. Yeah. And so I feel like these women come to these meetings and they're just so hurt that it's hard to have that like mindset. But I do feel like there are wives that have come, have started to come. And after, you know, um, several meetings, I feel like things start changing, you know? It's so hard to describe. If you are just listening to this and not going to a meeting, you're really missing yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> and I, it sounds cliche it's, to it's say crucial. you got to experience, but crucial. you can't. I mean, you get to hear Jay share, but that's only uh, 10 minutes of an hour, You've hour and a half. You've got to go find your meeting by your. And that's just me regurgitating what I heard. So, like, reality is, like, if you're an addict or you're a spouse, you're if someone texts me and they, they ask, like, Hershey had a friend text me, a friend, uh, you know, uh, from, from her high school reach out and, uh, and anyways, the first bit of advice to an addict or a spouse is get to a meeting. First and thing, no matter what, I don't care where you live, if you're next to them, you take them if you can. If you can't, you say, look up a meeting, whether mm-hmm. it's in the church or outside, and get to a meeting. I would and, say and, that before you go to counseling. And your you first meeting, you may, you share, you come kind of pretty hard. Like, you need to go to a couple of them because... Dude, it took me months. I mean, I yeah. went weeks, weeks, and weeks before I even was going to come close to thinking it was my fault. And I know people that went years. Uh, I think also the same way for the spouse too. Yeah, yeah. There's some for spouses me, that don't it was click way, right away. It was so fast, but I know that not a lot of that's not always the case. Not some women feel that way, you know, or men. If it's yeah, the recovery versa. comes fast, you mean? Yeah. Uh, but it seems fast, fast in hindsight. But at the time, I bet oh, it did for not sure. seem fast. Yeah. No. Um, but but again, you when you you made that decision, Jay, and you started working the steps. Yeah, I made a solution. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. I feel like most people that decide to make that decision, their lives the literally step. change upside down in like two, three months. Right away, sometimes the Lord, weeks. Yeah, you know, right away. The Lord, I remember, I remember taking a pill when we were separated. I had been off. I had been clean for a couple of weeks. I'd already gone through the detox, 
and then a friend of mine who was also trying to recover, that his life was falling apart, member of the church, um, too, came over and gave me some pills, and I remember taking them, and I thought it was going to be awesome, because it had been three or four weeks, so I'm like, these pills are really going to do it for me, you know, because when you're an addict, like, you got to take a lot of quantity to get high, and I had been off for three weeks now, so I'm thinking, this is going to be awesome, man, I'm going to take these pills, and it's like, I'm going to have a relief finally, because remember, I'm sleeping on my mom's couch, my wife won't talk to me. Uh, right, like I'm so depressed. I'm thinking but, I mean, you may be past this, but as the as the cliche Peter Priest said, like, are you thinking I'm breaking the word of wisdom by taking this, or is that dude, even that doesn't even when you're an addict like me, like when, where I was in that stage, like, I mean, that okay. d- didn't even come through my mind. Didn't even cross my mind. Okay, I was smoking <laughs> cigarettes every day. Oh, she left you, me. I went right to the you went cigarettes store. quick. Right to cigarettes. Oh, okay, um, I would have done drinking, but I like. I luckily had a spirit enough to tell me, like, you do that, you're going to go even worse. So you're, you're eating out of a trash can. The point is, I took that pill. I took those two pills that he gave me, and it did nothing. And right there, except for make me feel worse about myself. It literally didn't even make a buzz happen. It was the weirdest thing. It should have. Like, I know it should have. But I know that that was like, I went into the bathroom later, and I looked at myself in the mirror, and I was like, this is it. This is it. You're done. Those are the last that two was, pills you ever take. That was your bottom. That was it. It was just like you're done. Well, this is not going to be your solution anymore. The uh, the Oxford group, their uh, tenets were the moral backbone of it was absolute honesty, absolute purity, absolute unselfishness, and absolute love. And when you became absolute honest, like it sounds like you were pretty honest throughout this thing, and that's to a degree, yeah, to a degree. And then when you decided to be absolutely honest, absolute purity, absolute unselfishness. That's what you do now, absolute love and selfishness with the 12 step now. Yeah. That's, that's the, the Lord takes care of the rest. Yeah. And then, then you like, and then that's why they just had to put a few more steps in there, which is like, you know, you root out like your, your inventory and, and then you're making this amends. The rest are, yeah. Well, the I feel stuff. like when something like this is so life changing, like you come into these meetings, you feel so hopeless. You really do feel like nothing will ever work. You really and do. especially like for us, I feel like our time for was so short. Like yeah, there's so married, like, three years many that people three. that have been literally in this cycle with their spouse for 10, 15 yeah. years. We know them in the church. Yeah. 20 years. And it's like. The addict's come still using. And that, yeah, their spouse is most likely still using and there's, you just feel so hopeless. But I feel like for us, it was such like an instant change in our relationship, especially that I feel like. How can we not share this? Like, it was like a literal miracle in our life that changed everything. But I think the key ingredient, like you're saying, is that we wanted it. Now, some people want the chaos to go away, and that's not what I'm saying. Of course, everyone wants chaos to be gone. No one wants pain. We wanted solution. Like, we were actually, from the minute we got married, we actually did. We were kind of unique in the situation where we actually wanted to do the right thing. Like, we didn't even go, like... I had this overwhelming, just like when I joined the church, so like I wanted to do right by my covenants. And I like I wanted guidance because I didn't have that in my life ever. Even with learning the gospel, I didn't know how to to deal with all these resentments and fears I had in my life, you know, after joining. And so we needed that. And so when we came, it was like we came home. It was like we just came into a room that had all the tools that as we cheesy were, as like, that sound. Looking for. No therapist, yeah. like nothing. Like this meeting, this ARP addiction recovery meeting, any 12-step meeting, 12, it's gotta be 12 step. Believe in this thing. This those 12 steps literally are like everything I need in life. And if I apply them, I'll get through and I can handle and I can deal with anything. I'll still have pain, but I can deal with it without going to drugs. And then this is 
and, and anyone has gone through the 12 steps, like they're wearing, like they got the stickers on their car. Like <laughs> Hardcore. The and, but, this is, but this is why. This is why. Like it makes perfect sense I used to, to hate now. it when I hear that. I'd be like, that's so cheesy. Oh man, when I first went there a few minutes, and the facilitator would always be like, or the, the head, <laughs> do the steps, do it. He would just pound it in my head, pound it in my head. And I'm like, he just talked, it was all pride. And then I realized like, that's all I tell anyone. If yeah. you call me, I would tell you three things. Go to a meeting, Cause it, cause get a sponsor, and do the steps. There's nothing yeah. more. Sometimes I do think people There's think that more. we're, like, different. But I, I feel like I can't stress enough that, like, if you do these steps, these miracles will happen in your for life. For you. For you. Yeah. You'll have all the same things because we know other people. We're not unique. We're just those who decided to do it. And if you do it, like, I promise you. I promise you don't have to live. That if, if you related to my our story when we were talking, if you related to the ups and downs and the back and forth lies and the deceptions, the doctor visits, and you're thinking to yourself, you're terminally unique, meaning that's your life, that's your destiny, that's your fate. You're lying to yourself once again. And that's yeah. your disease telling you that. Your disease wants you to die, period. It's, its sole purpose is to kill you and to kill everyone who loves you. And I tell you what, the solution is right here with what we just said. Get to a meeting, get a sponsor, stop lying and be absolutely honest. I don't think we can add any more to that. So it sounds like a huge commercial for ARP, but it is. <laughs> I can't um, because it's right? so amazing but, and it works. And, but if you can't find ARP, go to AA. Go to oh, NA. Please, go, yeah. to go to a 12-step meeting, meeting. Um, And they're everywhere. They are everywhere, but uh, you know there are tools out there. You can get this on uh, addiction.arp.lds.org. Yes, thank you. Um, hold that up for the camera. Looks this like is that. what there's, it looks like. There's also on arp.lds.org, there's a spouse guide. So spouse <laughs> yeah. and family yeah. guide. Get their own, work their own. They don't have the booklets printed out yet. They're supposed to come out, I think, yeah. this year. But, but you can download and do those steps there. And that's very helpful just to eat, like kind of ease your own mind with things that are going on in your life with your spouse or loved ones. Yeah. I want to – I'll close with – Feel free to reach out to us too, you know, on our Instagram or our Facebook account. You want to private message me or Brad or Lexi, just, just write us and we'll comment back, you know. Yep. All you wives out there have got your back. Uh, and and go ahead and uh, <laughs> if you are enjoying this, get on iTunes and rate us and give us a review. That actually helps spread the word. Yeah, more people will find um, it that way. Share on your social media, on the Facebook or Instagram page. Um, Instagrams. Instagrams. So step 12 on page 71 of the manual says, we, we have a message of hope for other addicts. Comma, not period. Because then it goes on and says, for all afflicted and troubled people who are willing to consider a spiritual approach to changing their lives. I love that. Spiritual like, approach. Are you, do you want a medical approach? Do you want a physical, physical approach? Like, what is the approach? This is for a spiritual approach. And then the third is for anyone seeking truth and righteousness. So these 12 steps are not just for addicts. It's for anyone that wants a spiritual approach to changing their lives. That could be for anything. Um, or anyone seeking truth and righteousness. So that's... Uh, obviously, we're big believers. Thank you guys for being. Thanks, Brad. Um, no, thank you, Brad. Brad's the one who put this. He's the mastermind behind this whole thing. <laughs> Jay well, actually didn't right. even want to hey, do the podcast. How boring would it be of just me talking? You could have just been sitting here staring at your yeah. computer talking. <laughs> and and I'll come back if you guys want me to because well. if everyone yeah, loves if, Lexi, if you better we're not rate it and tell us. We will not have her back. Yeah, you have to comment. I'll just start right. my own podcast. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. She's been on one time and she's twice. 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 And I think she sat in on another Big one. Head. No, everyone spirit. does love Lexi. Uh, anything else? Are we good? Are we done? No, no you're awesome, man. Okay. TR. Until next step, this is uh, step four. We're going to have the next one up. And thank you. I'm Brad. I'm Jim Lack. And I'm Lexi.
Peace. Let him know the special blessing.